Eskure Podcast, Core Rosenberg cracking in and another wonderful podcast tonight. My guest is the one and only Pete Rosas, financial coach. I love the way you're walking in right now. The swag guy's so official. Come on in, my dude, and get some of this. Let's go, brother. Oh, my How God. So good to see you. Tonight is the night, ladies and gentlemen. Pete Rosas, a financial coach. He's going to get your mind right. He's going to get your pocket right. Your future is going to be secured going forward. Stay tuned for this one. You're in for a treat. Pete Rosas, one. Escure Podcast, Gore Rosenberg coming in on another classic podcast, ladies and gentlemen. As I said before, tonight is epic. Why? Because my boy, Pete Rosas, is in the house. And I think I got that right. You, I mean, got, you got it. Bob, you got it. Tonight, the financial coach that you really need to hear something from. Not somebody who's just talking about it, somebody who's living it. So as I take this moment to crack into the show, let me just slow things back and bring things back full circle like I normally do. I wanna give a big shout out to everybody tuning into our last show. And as we get ready to crack into this show, I wanna shout out to the entire crew that's in the house. Big shout out to Manny, our senior editor in the house, making sure everything looks muy bueno that you see on YouTube. Big shout out to Charles, the senior director, holding all things down. And of course, my boy Lou Amano, the senior photographer and videographer, making sure everything is muy, muy bueno on the show. It's a collaborative effort. And of course, I wanna take this moment to give a big shout out to my boy Dan, holding things down, incognito on the sound, and just you know making the presence felt as we're growing as a unit here. Every individual has just added their little bit of talent to get us this far. However, tonight, the meal of the, the main course is Pete Rosas. Thank you so much, sir. Really appreciate you slicing in this few minutes of your day. My pleasure, brother. To spend time with us. And, you know, it would be a major problem if I even begin this podcast without having you insist on trying a beer from our sponsor, Heineken, here. All right. So why don't you turn... Open that refrigerator, that this really beautiful loaded refrigerator. And I'm going to insist you try the double zeros. Yes. I'll do the double zero. No alcohol. And uh, is this no calorie too? Ex uh. Of course. All right. Open Extremely low calories. I'm not going to do false <laughs> advertising here. Low calories, but there's no alcohol on that. So before you taste that, let's just toast. Cheers, Thank you so brother. much, sir, to your presence. Cheers, cheers. Taste. That's pretty good. My first... Bong. That's what we do here. Zero, zero. Yeah. Opening up the, 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 the culinary you know, vocabulary and letting you realize that not only is Heineken making premium quality beer, but the non-alcoholic beer is also beautiful. Pete, thank you so much for being here, bro. My pleasure, brother. Um, I, I, I mentioned your marquee being a financial coach. And you can look through the gamut of social media and um, on YouTube, on, on the internet. There's a lot of people out there saying that they're financial coaches they can help you get your life right but i know you you know i've known you for many many years and you've been not only diligent at your business and your craft but you've also applied it to your life to get to where you are so as we do on the podcast we want to go back to the beginning and i want to slice through your experience to find out why you're here now what you're doing but before i do that could you please let people know who you are where they could find you your social media handles and everything like that, please. Sure, sure. Pete Rosa's financial coach. Um, 
I am on uh, Instagram at Pete Rosa's Financial Coach, so easy to follow. Nice. And then my Facebook page is pretty much just Pete Rosa, so you can find me there. And uh, I, I have a, it's it's a family and business on my personal f- Facebook page, and then Instagram is solely um, just for the financial coaching. And I have a lot of just good insight on that too, so you can look up some videos there. So I want to say that again, your name again, because the average person. <laughs> It's going to think it's Pete Rojas or Rosa. No, so let's, it's Pete Rosas. Rosas. Like Rosas is spelled R O S A S. Pete Rosas. And please sure you it. get it right. You can find him on Instagram, <laughs> uh, follow and see what's going on. But today we're going to take a little bit of a more scenic route through your life. Sure. And um, the reason why I do that is because I'm always inspired why people are doing what they're doing now. So let's do this. You grew up in. Passaic. Right around the corner. Yeah, right down, right down. Passaic, New Jersey. Yeah, born and raised. Wow. What was the family makeup like? Um, so my dad, um, Puerto Rican. My mom, Puerto Rican. That makes me Puerto Rican, but born here. My dad was born in in uh, New York, uh, and my mom was born in Puerto Rico. And um, I, uh, they had me when I, they were about 25, 26 years old. Okay. And I have two sisters. Oh, nice. So the only boy. I'm the only boy. I'm the so only boy. coming from this stereotypical Puerto Rican family, you probably were spoiled and given all the goodies. Why? Because I know they treat the boys like <laughs> kings and queens in that, in that culture. Right, it's, right. I was a baby too, so it was double. <laughs> it was double. Yeah, I was the youngest. Wow. So, so I got spoiled, yes. You, you, you could admit to that. As much as I could. I mean, we didn't, we didn't have a lot, but my mom, you know, she gave me what I needed that was more important. What was mom's name? Jean is her nickname. Emilia, Emilia is her real name, but she doesn't. No one calls her that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just did. Yeah, I did. Nice, nice. Um, growing up, mom, dad, two sisters, yeah. and yourself, youngest right. boy. Yep. Um, giving everything growing up. Which, if you could look back now retrospectively right. on that dynamic, um, is there anything you you found strength from that, or like you can admit that wow, they really overindulged on this with me. I wouldn't call it overindulging because we didn't have much. My um, my dad passed away when I was six, mm. so things were tight, and I didn't have much growing up. And I remember things being really, really tight to the point that my mom would give us, make sure we're done, and then she would just kind of get the leftovers. Um, but we always had we always had food on the plate. Thank God. Um, I never knew I was poor without. I was just thought that's the way life was, um, and I, it wasn't. I don't call it poor because poor is a state of mind. Um, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up, my youth, hold up. On the podcast, right, when you say something profound, we call it dropping a jewel. All right. You just dropped a jewel right now. Cool. Because if we just go back and just repeat that, you said poor is a state of mind. Right, right. It's all about your mindset. So, I mean, I don't believe there's any poor people in the United States. There's a lot of broke people, but not poor. Um, and we'll get into that later. But we, um, in the United States, we're so privileged. I mean, we have running water. You know, we have things like, um, you know, things that we take for granted, uh, toilets, and that's not common everywhere else. Before we get on that global search, and I see where this is going, um, let me go back to Passaic. Right? So, um, you mentioned that your father passed away to, at, at, at a young age. Um, if you don't mind me asking, from what? So, my dad, um, great guy. Um, I don't remember a lot from him. But from what everybody else tells me, that he was just a very charismatic guy, 
Um, he was six feet tall, which I don't know what happened to me. <laughs> I didn't get that 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 inheritance of uh, of that height. Uh, of height. Um, but he was um, he had some drug issues. Okay. So he started um, smoking weed at thirteen, and uh, led to other stuff, and then ultimately to heroin. So my dad was uh, was a drug addict, and then what happened was he um, during the withdrawal because he actually wanted to get better and he went and hospitalized himself and went through withdrawal during the withdrawal phase his heart gave on him because his body was just so addicted to the drug wow yeah and at age six he was 32 and i was six wow and uh yeah what's your dad's name my same name i have his name pete rosa uh, senior i'm the fifth actually can we can we toast to that <laughs> i'm the fifth no let's toast crazy. to that yes yes and to also breaking that chain. Yeah. You know, I've known you for a while and I didn't know this much. I didn't know this about you. And um, I know that you've really made an, uh, and done an incredible difference in breaking that, that, that spell or that curse. Fascinating. And you don't remember growing up with him in your life. I remember bits and pieces of him, but not a lot. My sister, she was, she's six years older than me, so she has a lot more memories the good and the bad right right you know because he was a great guy he just was caught up and i think for the most part um people that have daddy issues with the father wound um they kind of look they, they they don't look at their father as just a man they, they look at him as a daddy yeah and it hurts more because of that but if you take my i take my father outside as a human being as just a man he just got caught up and we know people that got just get caught up whether it's drugs or alcohol or whatever mm. it is that, 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 that is so true. And I can really empathize with the fact that as kids, we look at our parents as superwoman or superman. So it's right. hard to understand. We expect a lot. Yeah, we do. Wow. Thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that. No, I'm open book. Yeah, open book. and I appreciate that. So as you now navigate these waters, and I even salute your mom because now she's holding down the household solo. Yeah, my mom's my hero. Can we say that again? My mom is my hero. Yeah. Wow. Because you saw her in the grind. She was my mom and my dad. You know, and she she didn't remarry. She she started dating after I was 21 years old. So from the age of six to 21, she never brought a dude to the house, and she made that. And she that was intentional. I'm sure she was lonely, and I'm sure she wanted companionship. But she looked at us as a responsibility to to really mold us and guide us and. Um, she gave me everything, you know, so wow. everything who I part of who I am is because of her and I don't know where I'll be. As we get ready to um, move on, I'm curious to see how the transition to middle school, high school was, you know, um, and, you know, how the lack of your dad or maybe the fact that your mom stepped up the way she did kind of fueled that journey. So why don't we do this? Like a quick break. Sure. Let's come back. Let's All pick right. up from the middle school, high school transition <laughs> and, 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 and get to where we are right now. SQR Podcast, Gore Rosenberg, Pete Rosas, financial coach. It's an interesting walk to a very fruitful destination. Stay tuned. You're in for a treat. One. SQR Podcast, Gore Rosenberg right here, live and in full color. My man, Don Reed. How you doing, bro? Hey, I'm doing great. It's a real pleasure to be here at SQR Studios in New Jersey. He's up next on the podcast. Don, tell him the accolades real quickly. Okay, so I'm a, I'm a Jamaican first and foremost. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, Claremont Sentan to be exact. <laughs> big up. 
Um, also, I'm a banker by profession, a bank manager. With over, uh, since 16 years old, over 20 odd years now. I'm also a reggae stroke dancehall artist. I take real life situation and blend it with comedy and put it on the genre that we also love as Jamaicans, which is reggae stroke dancehall. So yo, tonight we're gonna dissect his story and on top of that, he's performing at the end of this podcast. So guess what? Don't move. Don Reed, up next, is your podcast, one. Boom. Escura Podcast, Score Rosenberg coming in on another segment with my boy, Pete Rosas. And thank you for being so vulnerable and honest regarding that experience with your dad. And the reason why I want to salute you on that is people tend to want to hold that back at times. And it is significant. They understand that there's somebody out there in the same position right now. Sure. Who needs to understand that. Listen, my dad is a human being and he has his idiosyncrasies or my mom is that human being but those idiosyncrasies and they're not less and i should just love them just as much um you were navigating we're about to jump into middle school high school what was that where did you go to middle school by the way Passaic. i i, I didn't leave Passaic for a while wow so lincoln middle school Passaic high school graduated Passaic high school what was what was middle school like um making friends academics so uh i was never like i was always the shortest guy so <laughs> I, I never did well with with most sports until i found wrestling okay so i wrestled and what was what, what's great about wrestling is that you wrestle you're the same weight so i was wrestling dudes the same height as me which is i didn't have no no disadvantage at that point um but uh it was you know not having uh my father was was you know i think it was critical and uh it was it wasn't as as I guess intended the way it should be. Okay. Um, but I, I believe that God put men in my life that really helped mold me. So including my uncle, who's a pastor, my next door neighbor, um, who, who uh, was a church member of our church, um, my pastor now, um, and uh, my wrestling coach. So those, I, I believe that, that God orchestrated those men in my life to 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 not fill in not fill in for as a father, but to help mold me in different areas of my life. Were you able to have that perspective now, looking back, or did it dawn on you in middle school and in and, and, and elementary school and in high school that you know I don't have a dad, and these guys are filling in the gap, or is it now that I you're... didn't have that perspective? You know what? Honestly, most of my friends didn't have dads, so it was almost like the norm. Like you know, I, my one of my my really good friends, his dad was around but not around. Okay. If, he, if that makes sense so yeah, he does. was he was in the house but he just checked out um and then i think every other 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 friend that i had either the, the dad was separated so single mom so single mom household was very common was norm. throughout so it was almost like this is the way it is and uh it was normal for me how did you deal with um the academics and were, you, were the grades pretty good? I was pretty good with grades. I, you know, I think I wasn't challenged enough because um, I kind of breezed through it. I never had much difficulty with grades. Um, and then I realized after high school that I wasn't pushed because then the real life came in and I, I kind of like kind of went through the motions with school. I didn't really push myself, but I did well. Okay. That makes sense. Um, it seems as if socially you acclimated well with all your friends, you know, the group. Graduating from elementary school, going into high school, you found out that wrestling was your talent. Um, as you made the transition into high school, what was that like? 
Um, as far as wrestling or No, in just general? that whole you know, transition from elementary to high school. Was it the same type of friends? Did you have to meet new friends? Were you bullied? What was that like? No, I, I pretty much um, I hung around the same friends that I've that I did in the past, and I, you know, for the most part, it, 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 you know, I I was kind of, you know, in the middle of the of the popular guys, and then the not so popular. I was like right in the middle. Okay. Um. So I didn't. It was there was no social issues. Um. You know. So it was, high school was fun for me. One of the, you know one of the funnest times of my life was high oh, school. Nice. Um, did you stay with wrestling or did you jump into any other activities? So I, I, I did cross country for a little bit, but wrestling was my thing. Like okay. I didn't, I, I kind of dipped and dabbed into like track and, and cross country and other, other things. But wrestling was, was the thing that, that you, you mentioned well. that you realized that you breezed through high school academically. Yeah. It wasn't really a struggle. Uh, to be honest, like I, I, and honestly, I don't think I was pushed hard enough and you weren't tempted with the peer pressure peer pressure to do what i mean well i mean you would think and this is just going from stereotypical stuff because you're coming from our inner urban city town right. you know a lot of the fathers are not in the home so right. the kids are out the boys are out doing for themselves and with the girls and the drugs and you know were you never tempted by that lifestyle or was it never there what's funny is that my mom like she she kind of let me do my thing um you know, she set rules and I had to kind of be home at a certain time, but she gave me a lot of freedom and I think I earned it. Mm -hmm. So she always like we, we would joke around because we always had friends at my house and she liked that because at least she knew she knew that yeah, you were my boys were here and she knew that she knew I was safe. So that environment was always there and she was always welcoming. So all my boys used to eat. But my mom used to cook for everybody and we, we just had a blast. You mentioned the awareness of your mom providing at all times and the fact that she even went without to make sure you guys had right right so right. the reason why i brought that up is because as i'm hearing these stories it seemed like having you close having you there providing that where she got her pleasure from let's do this real quickly when did you become aware of your ability to manage and want to help others manage your finance well, I came young in, in, you know, in high school because I was, I was always good with numbers. Um, I didn't like history. It was boring to me. Um, you know, science was just another language to me. <laughs> Can you uh, no, but numbers just clicked with me for some reason. Uh, I didn't have to study for math. And it was just one of the things I loved about math is that as long as I knew the formula, I didn't have to study. And I've always excelled in, 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 in mathematics. So that's one of the, the kind of like, the, the triggers that told me that you know what finance and money is uh, there's a lot of similarities and um i went you know that's one of the things that i felt like god has given me a gift with it's just good with numbers before you moved into college looking back retrospectively now right, right. can you remember a moment a person or a thing that you said oh that was the aha moment in my life that kind of pushed me into the lane i'm in right now is multiple um give me the top three so i think um well this the spirit so i think one of the things that really saved me was having a foundation uh, in faith my faith was like br brought up as a young child my mom always instilled faith into us so no matter what situation i was i had the faith that it'll get better i i i, I always knew that god was there with me um even at the lowest of lows 
um, even when I messed up and even when I just kind of blew it, I always knew that there was always forgiveness there and I could just start over and then there was grace as well. So that's the, the primary foundation. Where did that awareness come from? I th- it was instilled in me at a young age. Uh, my mom just used to bring us to church. I used to hate it. I used to hate going to church. Um, and I, I used to go to the Spanish church, and I hated it because I didn't speak Spanish, really. I was one of those Puerto Ricans that, <laughs> that didn't speak Spanish. <laughs> um, and I, I used to go, and she used to drag me through. But we had, like, Sunday school in English. We had different, different settings in English that I liked, but I just didn't like the service because it was in Spanish. But then as a teenager, I remember going to... Um, I started going to Crossroads because it was English. Yeah. And Crossroads is, is, a, is a sister church to the Spanish church that, that was in Passaic. And I started going, I remember riding my bike to church on my own. My mom wouldn't go um, that church. I would just ride my bike. And I think that's when I met you. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. Uh, but that, that was like, for, I don't know, I can't tell you right now why I wanted to go to church. I just kind of, maybe I guess I felt better there or there was, uh, there was some type of hope that I didn't have that I got from it. Mm. Uh, but it, it, it was instilled in me. And to this day, even when I, like, I, 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 when I was 18, I went worldly and I, I wanted to just do me. Um, it was always in, in me. And I always had that thing with that foundation in to, my to life. To come back to, oh, that's beautiful. Right. Um, I, I like that journey. And I wanted everybody to kind of hear that granular walk and awareness of faith. Right. You know, because everybody talk about it and people don't understand how it applies or how it really works. And um, the fact that you as a young man, open to the vices of the world, even when on your prodigal journey, still was aware of God and faith and the role he played in your life. Right. Um, so I want to take a quick break. I want to come back. I want to pick up on finishing high school, getting into college and what your college major was. Sure. I want to pick up on the two or three left turns that you made <laughs> that slapped you back on the right track All to right. where you are right now. SQR Podcast, Core Rosenberg, Pete Rosas, financial coach. Stay tuned. We're going to be back. One. So this is Don Reed coming straight to you from Jamaica, Claremont Center to be exact. Now I'm a banker by professional bank manager. But I'm also a reggae stroke dancehall artist who take real life situations and blend it with comedy and put it on the genre that we also love and adore, which is reggae stroke dancehall. I'm also a comedian, I'm a blogger, and I also write. So I'm live at the studios of SQR Podcast, and stay tuned, you're gonna be in for a treat. Don Reed, Upments. SQR Podcast, Core Rosenberg. Cracking in with my boy Pete Roses, and it's been such a delightful walk. And I'm learning so much about you, and I've known you for so long. However, let me just stop and say this I appreciate what you've shared because, as I said before, there's a little boy or a young man or woman listening to this podcast and realizing that, wow, Pete didn't have the rosy life, Pete didn't come from the perfect household. And he's not only created the perfect household for you and your current family, but you've also instilled a lot of qualities and been disciplined through your walk. And that's why I salute you for not being so not only being vulnerable, but for taking the time out to share with me. Thanks, brother. Big up my youth. Um, as we were navigating, we were finishing up with high school. You did well. College. What was what was the move up after high school? Yeah. So um, I uh, I wasn't motivated to go to college. It wasn't expected um what do you mean it wasn't expected 
I don't know. It was never instilled in me. It was never like you have to go to college. Um, so back in, I graduated in 99. And at that point, we had the dot-com boom. Okay. And technology was booming. Um, and I thought, you know, I had some friends or some cousins that went through technical school uh, for computer science or computer tech. And I said, you know what? You know, let me, let me dab into that because that's what's making money now. Yeah. So I didn't really think about what I'm good at. I thought about well, how can I make money? And then I made my decision based on money rather than my passion or what my talents and gifts were. So I went to technical school, graduated with a computer uh, tech or computer science degree. I forget what it was exactly, but I ended up graduating from that and then hating my job after, after you know, going into the tech field. All right. So let me slow you down there because you said you focused on making money and not your passion. And I like the fact that you expressed it that way. And I didn't interrupt you because I wanted to see where that was going to lead, you know? And then you find out, you go through this computer, and and you were pretty probably, how was going through that process? Were you um, proficient in the computer class? Yeah, I was, I actually liked it, some aspects of it. So it was fun going, learning, dissecting a computer and the ins and outs of an operating system and hard drives. And I, I, you know, I could, at that point, I could build a computer at that point. Okay. Um, so I was, I like technology. I'm a tech guy right now. Like right now, I like technology, but I wouldn't do it for a living. Okay. So you finished this tech school. When did it dawn on you like you hated this? It was uh, just, uh, you know, so I ended up um, going to work every day and thinking, is this what life is? Like, am I going to do this for the rest of my life? And almost like regretting that I didn't do something else and just saying, I'm not, I'm not enjoying this, mm. not enjoying it. It was just, it was a job and I just it was through this rut, like this period of my life that I just, I, I kind of hated myself for not pursuing something else. And mm. I was looking at other people doing well and saying, why not me? Why not me? If you can remember, because it seems as if, it seems as if you distinctively remember the feeling of this is not for me. Do you remember when that light bulb went off and you go, I am going to do something different or you found what you were going to do? Yeah. So I, uh, I was um, a cousin of mine introduced me to a company called Primerica Financial Services. And he said, hey, you know, are you interested in, in pursuing something different or making more money? And I said, hell yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I, you know, I'll do something, anything different than what I'm doing now. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'll make more money too. So I was introduced to this company um, and, I, and I, I saw an opportunity to get out of where I was. And I just saw a door that I didn't have open before. And, it's, uh, and the light bulb went on at that point saying, this is, if I do well here, I can leave technology. I don't have to, you know, kind of reinvent the wheel. I can just pretty much pursue this if it goes well and that's where the financial started i got licensed um as a i was a, so i was a financial advisor so i was um i got securities license my series six and 63 i had a life insurance license and i did mortgages as well mm. all from that intro from your cousin yeah all from that all from an invite saying hey check this out <laughs> but, but how many people would have checked it out yeah. knocked on the door right. and turned away you push yeah. through, my dude. Right. It, 
you already had the technical background. Yes, you were bothered that it wasn't what you wanted to do. Mm. You could have stayed there. I just knew that that there had to be something else for me. Um, that I couldn't do that for the rest of my life. And when I saw an, an opportunity, I just took it. And, uh, it, you know, it wasn't easy. Thank you for the jewel, by the way. Don't sneak it by your boy. What was that? When you saw an opportunity, you took it. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of people out here where opportunities mm -hmm. are going by them left or right, mm -hmm. and you're not taking it. Mm -hmm. You took action. So big up yourself for making that move. Mm -hmm. So Interprime America, you got your, your licensing done. All right, all right. The feeling of this is where I need to be, or damn it, I'm in another rut. What was the feeling? Uh, so when I got involved with Primerica, yeah. it was my eyes open. So I saw, I started falling in love with, with finances. Um, the, the fact that um, a guy like me that has, that grew up with, with not much money can actually build wealth. And I, I saw how I can help people. Um, and I saw that, that, that this is something that people needed. Um, and I saw there was a marketplace for it as well. Mm. So it really got me really pumped and excited. And I, just, I was just hungry and, and absorbing all the information. I wanted to learn more and more. I remember, you know, looking at other advisors that have been in the role for many years. And one of them took, uh, took on mentor, mentoring me. And I would just learn as much as I could. I would go on their appointments and not make any money just to learn uh, a skill set and learn more about finances. <clears throat> The dedication to that craft is admirable. Mm. What's mom thinking? What's your sister thinking at this time? My mom was always supportive. Um, she was excited when I passed my exams um, and I got certified. She was always there for me. And even when I made no money, because uh, there was a period I was just broke, like dead broke. Like I didn't have, you know, I remember one time telling my mom I couldn't give her, uh, I, she used to charge me like $300 a month just to live there, just yeah. to cover something. Yeah. And I went up to her and said, Mom, I was crying. I said, Mom, I'm sorry, but I can't pay you this right now. And I was crying, crying, crying. And I was like, and she just said, there, I got you, son. I got you. And she just kind of like took me under and did what she had to do, and she supported me. Wow. It seems as if um, not only did you pick up on the great qualities in Mom, but at that time, when you know you could have like you know screw this, I'm gonna get a nine to five and go back to just grinding and providing a living. You stuck with your passion. Let's fast forward to right now. You've been mentored. You've been groomed, as as um, Judge Judy said. You've been cooked and seasoned. <laughs> what are you doing right now? So right now I'm a financial coach, um, and uh, it's a little different because. When I was licensed and I was selling a product, um, it was somewhat of coaching. So I was helping people I'll put together a plan for retirement, put together a plan for, to put their kids through college, um, do budgeting in a certain aspect of that. But it was always to sell a product. Like my whole end goal, if I'm sitting with, with you and your wife when I was licensed, is because if I didn't sell you something, I wasn't getting paid and I wasn't eating. So mm -hmm. my whole thing was strategizing, how can I do this and help you but also sell a product. So now with financial coaching, is it's you're not. I'm not pushing a product. I'm not biased to a certain company. So when you're licensed and you're selling products, you're only you can only sell what that company offers. So if there's if your competitor offers a separate, a different product that's actually better for your client, you can't. You, you can't even sell it to them, or, or you wouldn't say, hey, go to them because they they uh, they they have better terms or mm. um, better rates or whatever it is. You wouldn't say that because it'll hurt your pocket. 
Um, and I'm blessed to be in a situation now where I can I can be a consultant and advisor. And they, my clients pay me for my time, and that's it. They pay me to ha give them an unbiased um, facts and opinions and advice. Where to put their money in? Hope. Where, whether it's with this company or this company or that company. And I, I don't make money from from that as a product. transactional product to push a product on their plate. I'm, I'm giving them advice, and I'm helping them, coaching them, implement the plan. As we get ready to wrap, um, it's fascinating hearing your journey from where you are to what you're doing right now. And I know mom's proud. I know your wife, your kids are extremely blessed because you have done the complete opposite to your, what your father did, mm. which is mean you're present, not only physically, but mentally, but spiritually. Um, as we get ready to close, I give you the magic wand, right? You got two wishes. Okay. The first wish, bong. What do you want to do? A wish? Any yeah. wish? Any wow. wish. You got, you got two wishes. You, you can't just ask for another wish, though. Okay, okay. You got two wishes. You cannot be second wishes. Go. Um, man. And I'm glad you're thinking about it because I didn't want it to be some fly no, off the cuff. Man. This is a tough question. If I could, if I had a magic wand, um, geez, um, I would be doing, so the coaching aspect right now is like I have two full-time jobs. I have uh, my day job and then I have a coaching job, which is pretty much nights and weekends. Right. Uh, if I had a magic wand right now, I, I'd just be doing coaching forever and full-time. That's one of my, my wishes. Okay, second wish. Uh, my second wish is that, um, that if we kind of fast forward things, that my kids, that would leave a legacy that um it's kind of not a wish because i'm in control of that but I, I that's it's a very important my legacy is very important to me so uh i guess i'm i'm asking for a wish and also hoping that my legacy will pass on through other people and also, also through my children uh as and my grandchildren grandchildren so i just want to leave a good legacy lasting legacy lasting legacy Escura Podcast, Core Rosenberg. As we wrap up with my boy, Pete Roses. And I say wrap because when we're done here, he's going to get on our black screen and he's going to drop five or six tidbits on what you can practically apply to your life to make a difference financially. Um, I want to salute you for a couple of things. I've known you for years. I know you are a great husband, a phenomenal father. You are an advocate and a great supporter of the church, Crossroads. That's where we met and how we've been moved. And I learned something about you today. Um, coming from the home you did, being diligent, being consistent. Mm. You are a stalwart of a man, and it's an honor to sit across from you. Thank you, brother. So as we close on this SQR podcast, Pete Roses, let them know where they could find you and how they could tap into your coaching skills. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram um, at uh, Pete Roses Financial, Financial Coach, and you can find me on Facebook at Pete Roses, simply R-O-S-A-S. And then my direct line for coaching is 973-703-6423. Bong, SQR Podcast, Core Rosenberg. Thank you so much, Pete. Thank you so much for blessing us. Yo, it's an amazing podcast. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. You're in for a dessert right after this. One. Pete Rose is here. I'm at SQR Podcast here giving you information on how to improve your financial situation. Um, you can find me at Pete Rose's 
Financial Coach on Instagram or Pete Roses on Facebook. And what I want to share with you all today is really how to get out of debt and the fastest way to do it. You see, most people are just drowning in debt or they're just kind of overwhelmed with that, where it's at a pace where they're stealing for their financial future. Um, it, and what, what you got to understand is the more monthly payments you have, the less you can put towards investments, the, the, the less you can put towards retirement, um, the less you can put towards your college, your kid's college education. So what, what I want to share with you all today is how to improve your situation by getting out of debt. And what I want you to do is I want you to list all your debt, um, no matter what it is, from smallest to largest. And it doesn't matter if the, what the interest rate is, uh, doesn't matter if it's 2% or 30%, I don't care what the interest rate is, you're gonna list the smallest amount of debt to the largest. And what I want you to do is pay minimum payments on everything. Minimum payments, you heard me right, minimum payments on everything except for the first one. And what, I, what you're gonna do is do a budget. With you and your, if you're married, you and your wife do a budget together, figure out where you're at. Figure out how much extra can, you can put towards your bills, towards the, this debt. And once you have that number, whether it's $50 or $5,000, you take that extra money and pay the first one off first. So you're going to take that smallest debt, that line, you're going to pay it off within a month, two or three. Once that's done, you're going to take the, the total amount, let's say it's $100, plus the $50 minimum payment you had on that small credit cards, and now it's gonna to turn to 150 and go to the second credit card or whatever debt it is. And you're gonna keep on doing that until all your debt is completely paid off, right? Get an extra job if you, need, if you don't have it in, if it's not in the budget, get a part-time job. You need to find, sell some stuff. I don't care what you have to do, but do what you have to do to infuse more money into that debt, into your credit card payments, so you can pay that off. And that's called the debt snowball or the debt stacking solution, and it works if you work it. Pete Rose is your financial coach. I'm at Pete Rose's Financial Coach Instagram, or you can find me at Pete Rose's on Facebook. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.